Welcome to the Urban Church Podcast. If you would like more information about Urban, please visit our website at lifeaturban.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the message. Um, John chapter 4. John chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 3, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Verse 3 says, So he left Judea to return to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. And eventually he came to the Samaritan village and continued down. It says that he got a little bit tired after the long walk and sat wearily beside the well about noontime. And in verse 7 it says, Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Verse 10, Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who I am, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this is a very deep well. Where would you get this living water? And besides, are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his cattle enjoyed? Jesus replied, people soon become thirsty again after drinking this water. But the water I give them takes away thirst altogether. It becomes a perpetual spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me some of that water. Then I will never thirst again, and I won't have to come here to haul water. Go get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim? where our ancestors worshipped. Jesus replied, Believe me, the time is coming when it it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father here or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know so little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming and is already here when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for anyone who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah will come, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then his disciples arrived. They were astonished to find him talking to a woman, but none of them asked him why he was doing it or what they had been discussing. The woman left her water jar beside the well and went back to the village and told everyone, Come and meet a man who told me everything I ever did. Can this be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Go to verse 39. It says, Many Samaritans of the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay at their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many of them to hear the message and believe. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word tonight. God, I pray that um, each of us, uh, our, our 
minds and our hearts will be open to hear and to receive all that you want to speak to us tonight. Lord, let us leave this place encouraged and blessed. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen, amen, amen. amen. I want to talk to you again, once again, about the power of one. And this is a pretty simple example, but I know for myself, I've been guilty of not really seeing the value or the power of one. And and it's seen really easily. Um, Each month, towards the end of the month, we have to kind of do the clean out of our girls' rooms. We have five-year-old and seven-year-old. And um, without fail, the toys always end up in, you know, just all over the place, in the wrong boxes, and under the bed, and in the corners, and all those things, and without fail, our girls, they love crafty things, They're, they love to make things, and, and glue things together, and do all kinds of fun crafty things, and so um, there's always strips of paper, or little things on the floor, and you know, I come through, and I've got my vacuum, and you, you can't just vacuum that stuff up, I wish that they would make a vacuum where you could just suck it all up, and not have to worry about it, but you know, you know, I always have to go through, and find the garbage, pick the garbage up, and without fail, there will always be a penny, just one cent, one penny lying on the floor somewhere. And I've been guilty of just taking that penny right along with the strips of paper and tossing it right in the garbage. Why? Because I didn't see the power of just that one penny. I didn't see the point of just that one penny. I mean, it's just a penny, right? What can it really do for me? But how many of you know, and I think a lot of people are discovering right now in our economy, that that one cent that just that one penny can be the difference between a bank account that's overdrawn and a bank account that's not, right? We're quickly discovering that, man, just one is really, really powerful because it's the difference of having, you know, $30, you know, overdraft fees tacked on to the negative amount that we already have, and suddenly, you know, it just gets worse from there. That one really does make a difference. It really becomes very, very powerful in those moments. Uh, even McDonald's, I, we were watching the Chargers game today, and McDonald's is having a great commercials, you know, they, they have commercials all the time, and, you know, for a while there we were seeing commercials all about, you know, supersize it more, you spend this, and you're going to get this, and all this. Now suddenly, what are they advertising? They're advertising their dollar menu. For just one dollar, you know, the, 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 on the screen, the, the guy's walking around, he just has a dollar in his hand. He's going to all these different places in a cab, and he's like, what can I get for this? And you can get out, you know. Um, you know, he's, he goes to this other place, and what can I get for this? And they're just like, you need to go. And he goes to McDonald's, and you see the golden arches behind him, right? And he's standing there, and he's like, what can I get for this? And he's like, oh, well, you can get double patties, cheese, and, you know, and goes on. And you can, you know, you can get the McChicken sandwich and be satisfied, you know, for your meal. It, it's, it's powerful, that one dollar. And so suddenly we're discovering in our economy how important and how powerful one cent or one dollar can actually be. And I believe that God wants us as Christians and as believers to understand the power of one, of one person, of one individual. That if we as individuals will discover the power that we have uh, in the, the workplace that we're at, if we can discover the power that we have in our family, the power at, you know, at, at, at that job place, the power of one wherever we are, I believe that some great things could happen as we discover the power of one. And as I was studying and preparing for this, I just started thinking all through the Bible. And, and we see the power of one all the way through the Bible. Genesis, all the way through the New Testament, we see the power of one displayed. Um, the greatest ways we see it through um, Adam in the beginning, 
and then Jesus in the New Testament. The Bible says in in Romans 5.12, if you want to write it down, Romans 5.12 and then also verse 15, it says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Verse 15, For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. The power of one. Seen right there. In Adam, that, that, that choice and that one decision, there was power in that. And it affected many. And then we see the power of one, Jesus Christ, the ultimate one, who brought change to all of us and many more to come. So you see the power of one with Rahab in, in Joshua chapter 2. And Rahab um, comes in, and the spies are in there checking out the city, and they're spying things out before they go in to take the land. And, and Rahab um, hides them and, and protects them in that time. And, and we see later on when they come in and take the city, Rahab, because of that one woman, her entire household was saved. And she spared her whole household the power of one woman and one choice that she made. We see the power of one in, um, in John chapter 6. Pretty cool story. John chapter 6, Jesus is, is um, uh, ministering, and, and these multitudes and multitudes of people are gathered, and they're all out there. And, and he looks, and he's like, man, you know, I love the multitude, and they're really hungry, you know. And I'm sure that, you know, he, he, so he's looking at the multitude, and he's like, they're hungry. Give them something, something to eat. He looks at the disciples and says, like, give them something to eat. And they're like, you know, you know, don't got anything, Jesus. You know, what are we going to do here? But in John chapter 6, you see one lad, it says in my Bible, one lad, one boy who has one lunch. And through this one lad who says, I've, I've got my, my little fish and, and my loaves, through this one boy, a multitude of people, thousands and thousands of people were fed lunch on that day. And they took up 12 baskets of food left over. We see the power of that one boy and his one lunch displayed there in that story. We also see uh, the power of one with, with Peter in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Peter stands up and he begins to preach and he begins to tell the people about Christ and about what, his, what, they're, um, what they're witnessing. And he preaches to them. The Bible says that the people that heard it were cut to the heart. And on that day, 3,000 people were added to the church. 3,000 people came to know Christ as their Savior. Man, through one person, through Peter, who chose to say, man, I may just be one person, but if I stand up for God and I do something for him, something great could happen. And so we see the power of one all throughout the scripture. And then we see it here in John chapter 4. And I love this passage in particular um, because it's, it's somebody that, you know, we can, we can look at Peter and go, well, yeah, of course. You know, Peter was a disciple. He walked with Jesus. You know, so we can say, yeah, of course, you know, he's going to do something great, you know, for God. And lots of people are going to be affected. You know, we can look at, you know, uh, of course, you know, Jesus and say, yeah, of course the one man made a difference and, and, and brought change. But, you know, here, here in this story we have a woman, just one woman. And to truly appreciate the impact of the story and to, to truly understand and, and appreciate, we need to get a little bit of historical information about the day and, and about the Samaritan people. And, and what we need to understand is that the Samaritans, back in Jesus' time, back in the day, the Samaritan people were, were despised. 
Um, they were considered uh, a mixed race people, mixed blood. They would have been a despised people. And, um, and so in the passage, when it says in verse 3 that Jesus is going from Judea and he wants to go to Galilee, there's actually two different routes that you can take to get there. The shortest one being through Samaria to get to, to Galilee. But um, back in that day, the Jewish people would actually go the eastern route, and they would avoid Samaria altogether because of their view and their, their perception of the, the Samaritan people. They would go the other route. But it says in verse 4 of this chapter, John 4, 4, if you read it in the New King James Version, it says, I love this, it says Jesus needed to go through Samaria. Jesus needed to go there. And we see why Jesus needed to go there. Where it, that would have been the last place a Jewish man, a Jewish rabbi would have gone. They would have gone a different direction and not even stepped foot through Samaria. Jesus needed to go there because there was one woman. And there was one village, one city that needed to know him and needed to, be, needed to come to him. And so we see also that um, back in that day, uh, it was kind of not cool for a man to talk to a woman in public. Um, just any woman it, that wasn't his wife, that, that would have been frowned upon. You know, what, what are you doing? It wasn't a common thing. It's kind of funny to think about now, huh? <laughs> we see, you know, it's, it's normal for us, but back in the day, a long time ago, it would have been frowned upon. It wouldn't have been looked at as, um, it was kind of, kind of weird. And we see that by the disciples' reaction. When the disciples come up back to the well, and they look, and they see Jesus, and they see the woman, and they see them talking, they're kind of like, whoa, what's going on, you know? What is he doing? And I love the disciples, because they're like too scared to ask. Isn't that funny? They're like too freaked out to say anything or to ask, you know, why are you talking to her? What's going on? You know, they don't go over and introduce themselves to the girl. You know, they just, okay. Um, but so it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been a, a normal thing to see a man talking to a woman back in, in that time. And so we see a few things here. We see, and the disciples at that time would have seen this. They would have seen um, a woman that was despised. Two ways she would have been considered despised. Number one, because she was a Samaritan. Number two, because we discover through the story, what does Jesus say? Hey, go get your husband. She's like, um, yeah, I don't have one. And he's like, yeah, you got five, and the one you're with now. And he tells her her business, and then she's like, so, what do you think about worship? <laughs> I love that. How many of you have been in those situations and you're talking with somebody and they ask you a direct question or they, you know, they call you out on something? I, I've been there before. And they call you out on something and you quickly are like, so, what do you think about the Padres, you know? <laughs> so, how about the Chargers game today? That was pretty cool, huh? They actually won, like, you know. And, and let's talk about something else. So she's, you know, quickly wants to talk about something else. But we see, and the disciples saw, um, someone that was despised. Someone that, you know, in, in the natural eye, you know, this is just a woman. This is just a Samaritan. This is, you know, why are you wasting your time talking to her? And so this is what they would have seen. Um, they would have seen, man, this is just one woman. And, and I am sure, I, I can only imagine, we don't see it in the scriptures, but I'm sure that the moment she dropped her water pot 
and went back into the city, the disciples probably figured, okay, well, she's gone. No big deal. Okay, she's gone. We don't need to worry about it, you know, taken care of. But I wonder what their faces were like the minute they saw her coming back. And the, the scripture says it, that the people were streaming from the village. They came streaming from the village to follow her. Because in their mind, they're looking at it, and it's just one woman, a woman that's despised, a woman that's, you know, not, you know, no reason to give a second thought about. And so I, I, I could only imagine. I would just love, I mean, how many times do we see in Scripture that disciples were like, perplexed, you know, what's going on here? <laughs> and, and so here in their mind, it's a woman. She's a Samaritan. She's just one person. What difference is she really going to make, right? But then we see her story as well. But there's something interesting in this story. Jesus didn't see just one person, did he? He didn't just see, you know, someone that was despised. Sure, he knew her business. Sure, he knew the story. Sure, he knew she was a Samaritan. But Jesus saw beyond all of that. Jesus saw beyond the natural, and Jesus saw something in her, so, uh, uh, the power that she had to affect an entire city. And so Jesus speaks to her, and, and so she goes back to the city, and she tells him. She tells him about, about what she had experienced. She tells him about the conversation she has with Christ. And, and as a result, we see an entire city come to know Jesus. And, it, and not just come to know him, but they literally compel Jesus to stay with him for two more days. Jesus stays with these people for two days, but it was just one woman. But yet many, many, many came to know Christ. And the cool thing is in the Bible we see that when God looks at someone, he doesn't just see one. When God, his, his, um, his equations or his mathematics are completely different than ours, aren't they? I, I don't quite get it. Um, but God sees one, and God looks and, at one person, and he sees many. And he sees a multitude. Uh, you, it, you can see it real quickly if you turn to, like, the book of Numbers, or if you turn to Matthew chapter 1, and, you know, have you ever been in your Bible reading plan, if you have one, you know, read the Bible in a year, and you find yourself in maybe Numbers or Exodus or Leviticus, and one of the places where it's just genealogy, and it's like name after name after name after name after name. When God sees one person, he doesn't, when God looks at one individual, he doesn't just see one, but he sees many. He sees generation upon generation upon generation upon generation. You look at, look at the, the Bible, and man, I'm so guilty of it. You know, I just, when I get to those chapters, I'm going to be honest, I skim. How many of you are you're skimmers? Okay. Partly because I can't pronounce the names. It's so hard. You know, like that poor child. You know, man, that's a tough name to have, you know, a poor child, you know. But I get there, and it's like Abraham begot, and then begot, and then begot, and begot, and begot, and begot, and begot, and begot, you know. And, and, and it just goes on and on and on and on. When God looked at Abraham, he said, hey, Abraham, look at the stars. Count those. One person, but yet the stars. They're going to be generations upon generations that are going to be impacted through one life. And so when God looks at one, he doesn't just see one, but he sees many. He sees many people that are going to be changed and impacted. I work with the children's ministry here at Urban. Uh, I direct that, and, and I absolutely love kids, and, and of course I have two of my own in there. Um, but when I, I'm in there and I'm teaching in the kids' class and every one of the, the teachers that we have, when we look 
and we begin to talk to the kids, we don't just see one child. We see a generation behind them that if we can just touch this one child, man, we know that there are going to be a multitude of people that are going to come to know Jesus because of that one. It means generations that are going to be affected and generations are going to be changed. Um, Kids understand the power of one. Kids, when they see one, they don't, it's not just one for them, okay? Because my, my daughters, okay, I, this, this happened just this last week. Um, I had this weird craving for Ritz crackers. I, I grew up eating Ritz crackers, and we would have, um, I, I didn't even know what the crackers were called, but back when I was growing up, my parents would take the Ritz crackers, and we lived up in Washington State, and they would take peanut butter, and we would practice making Mount Rainier on the cracker. And I know, it's so weird. The things you remember when you're a kid, right? Um, and, and we would take that peanut butter, and we would mound it up like Mount Rainier, Rainier and we'd try to sculpt it and put the peaks and, you know, all this stuff. And so for some reason last week, I had a craving for Ritz crackers. I think I was just, you know, reverting back to my childhood days, and I just wanted the Ritz cracker that melts in your mouth when you bite it. It's like all buttery and... Yummy, you're all going to want to go get rice crackers after this. Um, anyway, so my kids came home from school, and for them, man, especially our seven-year-old, she, when she eats, man, she eats. It's like she turns seven, and it's like she's a 12-year-old boy. I don't know what's wrong. Like, I mean, she, a whole plate of food isn't enough. She needs two or three plates. Like, she's devouring the food like crazy. So they come home from school, and they're starving. It's as if we didn't pack them anything for lunch. Like, we deprived them all day, right? And so they come home, and they sit down at the table. We're hungry, we're hungry, we're hungry, we're hungry. I'm like, okay. So I pull out the Ritz crackers, you know? And, and I get them out, and I, I just have one pack. You know, it comes in the packs, and, and I open it up, and I just have a few left in the pack. And so I distribute the Ritz crackers, and I just put them on the table, not really thinking, well, one of them ended up with four, and one of them ended up with three. And my oldest was like, Faith has four! Faith has four! I, I only have three! Faith has four! It's not fair! It's not fair! It's not fair! And I'm like, Cara, it's just one cracker! It's just, she just has one more than you! It's just one! Like, you know, you would think that I gave her, like, 50 million crackers and Cara got one, right? You know, it's like Faith has a million and I got gypped and all I have is three, you know? For her, it's not just one cracker. This is the world to her, you know? It's like this is, so kids understand the power of just that one. And that one makes a big difference because that one is the difference between, you know, we're equal, all right? You know, there's, you know, this, the fairness issue, you know, is a big deal. But they understand the power of one. One is a big deal for kids. And it's a big deal to God. And I think it would be time that it becomes a big deal to us as Christians. That when we walk through the grocery store, we don't just pass that one that, that we suddenly have a feeling of compassion for. When we're walking down the street, that that one person that we see, that, you know, uh, when we were out on, on Friday night, um, and we were uh, taking those dinners. We had about something like 50 or I don't know how many plates we had a lot, it seemed like. Um, but we had a lot of plates. When we were going through, you know, you, you just hand them out. And there's, there were a ton of people out there. And they were on the street. And, and we're handing them out. And suddenly we came to this one. This one young man, 21 years old, by the name of Ricky. And man, at that moment, it wasn't just one young man to me. My husband stopped and he was like, Whoa. And we dialed in on him, and, 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 and there was something about that one young man. And I believe we're going to see him at Urban. I believe it. My kids, 
Um, kids are amazing. Kids get this, and they get it so easily. It's, it's so simple for them. Kids understand that the significance of just one. My, my daughters came home that night, and we were getting in bed, and they say their prayers every night. And my daughter, Faith, only four, turning five on next Saturday. Uh, so make a big deal if you see her. She's going to be a big five-year-old. But she's turning five, and so she's, she's saying her prayers. And without mommy saying anything, in her prayer, she says, Jesus, we pray for Ricky. And she starts praying for this young man that we met. Jesus, I pray he would find his parents. Jesus, and just this heartfelt prayer. Well, it wasn't just one man sitting on the street to her. That one young man had a name. He has family. And there's many more behind him that, that are going to be affected as he comes to know Jesus and gets back on track. I believe... Uh, that, that one can really make a difference. On the video tonight, we, we saw the, the little boy, and maybe you've seen that movie, uh, uh, Pay It Forward is, is the name of the movie. Maybe you've seen it. I actually have not seen it, but I saw the trailer, and it just gripped me. I was really excited about it. But we see him at the chalkboard, and he's drawn the circles, and here's me, and then here's three, and he goes down, and it's almost like the multi-marketing, you know? It just keeps going down and down and down, and many more, and, and it, he fills the chalkboard with all these people. They're going to be changed and affected just by one young boy at school that gets an idea. And as he was sitting at school and in the trailer, we see that some of the kids in his class start ridiculing him. Like, oh, please, that's stupid. You know, dumb idea. But, but there's something about that one young man that, man, you know what? He was just crazy enough to believe that just one person could change the entire world. And I believe that one person can change the world. I believe it. I'm crazy enough to believe that. I, I just, I, I'm there. I'm already there, you know. Um, I, I'm crazy enough to believe it. And we see it every day. Friday night, we saw it. Friday night, we saw the effect of one person. That one person, because of one individual who had a heart to serve the monarch school and those homeless families, because one young lady by the name of Allison, because of the heart and desire that she had now, over the last five years, probably close to 1,300 people have been fed Thanksgiving dinner because of one woman who had one idea, who had one dream, who stepped out and was crazy enough to believe it. The power of one. Do you realize that if we, as, as, as Christians and, and as a church, if we begin to understand the concept and the power of one, of just our one life and the life of just one other person, that that next week there wouldn't be a chair here that wasn't filled. Because if all of us, say 50 of us, go out from here this week, and we just go grab one, you know, just one, right? Just one. We all just go grab just one and bring just one person with us to church, just one person that we know that needs Jesus, just one person that we know is in a situation that, 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 that they're having difficulty, is it? Well, just one person that we know needs hope, just one person that we know that needs, needs some encouragement. If we just go grab just one, that next week we'll have 100 people in here. And the next week, if all 100 of us leave and we just go grab just one, I mean, we're not going to get all excited like the boy and go, go try to go change three people's lives. If we just go just one, then the week after that, we'll actually have 200 people here. And then it just, like, it just goes crazy from there, doesn't it? Like, if you keep doing the numbers, I got really excited. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. We're like, 800 million people. <laughs> you know? Now, at Urban, we don't have a vision to have, you know, a, a, a mega huge building with masses of people packed into it. We have a vision to have, you know, just, just one church 
start another service, another church just down the street. And if just that one and this one, we'll just start another one. Then there would be four more churches and services in the city. And then, then the year after that, if just those four, we'll just start one more. Then we'd have eight services throughout the city. And so the power of just one is so amazing. And if we as believers will begin to see that and begin to act on that, then I believe some crazy things can happen. And many, many, many people that need to know Christ will come to know him. <clears throat> but what did this woman do? What was it that she did? Um, all she did, she was just crazy enough to believe. She believed what he said. She believed what he was there to offer her. As we look at this passage, uh, she simply believed. The minute we see the, 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 the choice that she made to believe in the fact that she drops her water pot right after he says, I am the Messiah. She drops it and she, le- she bolts. She's out of there. She chose to believe, man, this is the Messiah. She simply believed. And then after that, she went, and what did she do? All she did is she just told her story. She went back to the city. She went back to the village and said, hey, you, you, this is what happened. She just told her story. This is this man, and he talked to me, and he told me everything I ever did. She told her story. And then after that, she just, she must have invited him to come. Could this be him? throws out an invitation. Could this, do you think? And because of this one woman who chose to believe, who chose to tell her story, who chose to, hey, put the invitation out there, an entire city came to find out if this is a real thing, if this really is the Messiah, because of just one. I'm sure glad that there are people in our history that have chose, that chose to believe that there's power in just one. I mean, think of, think of our lives and the fact that we have light. Do you realize that there was one guy <laughs> that was just nuts enough to try some things out and experiment and see if, you know, create light? I mean, the fact that we can walk into our bedrooms and just flip a switch, I mean, that's, if we track it back, it's because of one. I mean, think, think about Mar- Martin Luther King Jr. I'm so glad that he was crazy enough to believe that just one person could, could bring change, that just one person could make a difference. Think about, think about Mother Teresa. I, I, I don't think one of us in this room would argue that through that one woman, a lot of change happened. Through just one woman who, and, and if you read her story and you, you look at and maybe read a biography or read some of her letters, she was just, just one woman, young girl, who, who loved Jesus. And when God spoke to her, she chose to believe. God called her to go to Calcutta. God called her the poorest of poor. And she just was crazy enough to say, I believe. And then after that, as you read through her letters, she just she told her story about how God spoke to her. She told it to her, 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 uh, uh, the, the fathers and the priests that were over her. She just told the story, and then from there, she stepped out, and she, 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 she invited people to come and got other nuns and, and went into Calcutta and ministered to the poorest of poor, and many people, many, many, thousands of pounds, thousands of people, not just in Calcutta, but all over the world were touched and changed by that one woman, just one. Think about the mother of Jesus. Hello. We're coming upon Christmas. Think about just that one woman. That young woman. 
I thank God every day for her choice to believe that I'm just one and I'm a virgin. Hello, I'm not qualified for this. Like, how am I going to have a baby? Like, this isn't, you know, how is this going to work out? But through just one who is willing to believe what the angel said and willing to submit to God, man, we're, we're sitting here today because of just one. Or the problem is, is we see, we see, maybe we see our lives and we look and we see someone that's despised, like the woman. Maybe we look at our lives and we see, man, you know, I, I'm despised. What am I really worth? But when God looks at us, he sees somebody that's treasured. But when we look at our lives or we look at the lives of others, we see mixed up, messed up life, right? But when God looks, God sees somebody that's ready to give up to him, somebody that's ready to surrender to him. Maybe we will look at our lives and we see, man, I, I am just one person. Like, I'm just one person. Really, can I, can I bring change to the students that I teach every day? Can I, I'm just one. Like, how can I do? But when God looks at us, when Jesus looks at us, he sees, man, you are the one that I can use to bring change. When we look at our lives and we look at our past, we see a past full of mistakes, right? I can say that for myself. But when Jesus looks, man, he sees a story of his grace. He sees, man, I don't see mistakes, but I see my grace. So it's time that we discover the power of one. Um, let's go ahead, and the band's going to come up. And we're going we're gonna to pray. I'm so glad that this passage is in here. I'm so glad that this story is in here because it gives me hope and, and it gives each one of us hope that, man, our life can be so significant. Our life can bring so, so much change to those around us. Believe the power of one, of one individual.